All right, welcome to Equal Time Soccer. We're here with two returning veterans from the Gopher soccer team. We have uh, top left, if the video shows up the same way I'm seeing it, Patricia Ward, who's uh, a winger and attacker for Gopher soccer, a rising junior, which is not a term I use regularly. Ari called me on using it incorrectly earlier. And then Ariana Del Moral, who's coming in as a rising senior and a midfielder. You two both, I think within maybe a week or 10 days of each other, is very within the same period of time both players had ACL injuries last fall um, during what was otherwise a difficult season makes it even more difficult um, but now the reason we have you on is because you both posted within a you know a couple of days of each other getting back on the field and all that stuff so first of all we need to well we need to learn about your recovery process and how you're doing going into the fall but thanks so much for being here you guys thank you oh, thank you all right so I mentioned you had those posts on Instagram with some really good recovery videos that people might be used to seeing where you're doing your, your kind of agility work and getting back on the field. So there's video evidence of you, of you both doing some athletic work, but um, let, we'll get into the minutia of kind of that recovery process here. But first, let's just hear what does it feel like to be back at that full strength, confident enough to post it out to the world um, and kind of you know, what's it like to be back on the field to do an actual soccer activities? And Patricia, why don't we start with you? Yeah, it's been really exciting. I mean, we just kind of got back into like playing contact and stuff in the last week, like last week and this week. And it's been like definitely a new adjustment, like something I haven't been used to in the last few months. I mean, especially even just being at home, playing with people in general. But um, I mean, it's a it's an adjustment, but it's been really exciting. And like, I felt coming back into it like I haven't missed a beat in it. So, I mean, that's been really, really, like, encouraging to have. Ari, how about you? I'm also on the same page. Like, it's just been so exciting to be back and, like, be trained with, like, Patricia and just see how far we've come, like, from all, like, these eight months. Like, that gap that we haven't been training together and just to see, like, how in shape and, like, we've been running together and just to see, like, how much we've progressed. It's just been really exciting and, and like being able to like do contact too has been a new thing it's just everything is exciting <laughs> and you both are being fairly low-key about it but I can imagine going from having to do so much individual work and every you know we've done enough covering players who get those ACL injuries to know how grueling it is to get back to walking back to jogging back to running back to ball work then then you know like more aggressive ball work than actual sprinting and all those things so every incremental step I'm sure is grueling when it goes slow and then goes fast I mean speaking of grueling let's let's go all the way back to you know maybe one of the worst moments of your career let's go back to the injury you both tore your ACLs and we sort of talk about that as the headline like they had an ACL tear but even just within the last few years, the different gophers who have gone through it, you know, we've seen those injuries can be really different from one another. And from what I know, your two injuries were pretty different from one another. You know, there can be just one tear, multiple ligament tears. You can have the meniscus issues. You can have, you know, bone fracture issues because if there was any kind of actual like fracturing of the knee, of the knee bones, all those things. So, um, you know, walk us through what happened of, of kind of what your actual injury was and then what you remember of that moment of injury happens and I know something's terribly wrong but I don't know precisely what's wrong and I have to live through this period where I'm kind of figuring out what's going on. Ari, why don't you kick us off with that wonderful story I'm sure you can tell us. 
Yeah, so mine happened when we were playing Wisconsin. It was second half and we were down 1-0. And it's kind of hard to explain, like, I was coming behind, like, from the backside of a player and they were passing her the ball. And I, like, planted, like, to the side of her. And it's weird because in the moment it felt like it was, like, a contact. I always ask Sarah and, like, I even have seen the film and I'm, to this day, not sure if it's contact or not contact because my foot was planted and maybe she like hit like my body and then like I planted weird and it went out. And that was like the worst pain I have ever had. Like I remember immediately grabbing my leg, like dropping to the ground and like feeling like I couldn't move at all. And like, I don't know when Sarah got me like walking and they pulled me off, they did like the the testing, like the movement, just the, for the ACL. And she asked me if I had heard a pop. And like inside of me, I, I mean, I responded no, but inside of me, I was pretty sure I heard a pop, but like didn't want to like admit it or like didn't want it to be like the real thing. So obviously in this moment, like I was just like so down because I wanted to go back in. Like it's second half and like we're trying to come back up and like, the crazy thing was that the temperature was also like super cold. It was so cold out. So I was sitting on the bench, like wanted to like stand up and cheer, but like the cold, like the cold weather did not help at all. Like my knee just started, like the pain got so much worse. And I remember just like by the end of that game, when everyone was like, when we were getting on the bus changing, like I was going back and forth in my head, just, trying to like figure out if it was the real thing like the ACL like I remember even asking like Billings and stuff what she felt when she had torn hers and just like kind of it crossing my head but like still I don't know still being really positive about it and like I remember I was on crutches I'd never been on crutches in my life this was like at night like really bad taking me forever just to get on the bus and being in so much pain like it was just so bad at how like imagining the thought of being on crutches too just because I it took me like 10-15 minutes to get like five feet away from onto the bus so then the next day I went to get the MRI and then didn't get the results back till that night Sarah texted me and said do you want me to like do you want to meet up in person and we can go over the results or like I can like tell you over all over a call and I said, like, I want to know now. So she calls me and tells me that I tore my ACL and my meniscus. And, like, right when those words came out, like, I just broke down and, like, started crying. It was, I know, really had hit me right when she had said it. Like, that whole day, even after I got the MRI, it was crossing my mind. Like, I could, like, have torn my ACL, but it didn't really feel real till she had said it. And mm -hmm. I just remember like Maddie and Kenzie, like my roommates had heard me like in my room and they like came and supported me and a bunch of other teammates like had found out. And I just wanted to like be alone, but at the same time, it was just super comforting like to know that they were all there. I just, just kept in my head like thinking like, why did this happen? Like how, and I've never really experienced like an injury. So it's, this was just like a whole new thing, like thinking of a surgery, I've never gotten surgery, like not being able to play soccer for 
who knows how long. And so, I don't know, a couple of days later, I just like, it really all sank in. And I just tried to really like change my mindset, like have like an optimistic mindset. And like, I don't know, this happened for a reason. I'm going to grow so much from it. Like seeing like where McKenna's been, like PD, like it happened, like I can't change it. Now I just got to move forward and do whatever it takes to like be back. Yours, well, in yours, I remember, I think I remember tweeting when I was live tweeting that game, you went down and I hate to sort of assume what an injury would be, but I think I even put in parentheses, seems like it might've been a knee. I think I said something about like, seems like it might've been an ACL because it's that you said sort of, you think it might've been contact, but really so much of the time it's a non-contact plant where it just, you know, people think of it as like someone blowing up a knee, but really it's the strange angle of that, mm-hmm. that posting. So how long was it between, how much longer then did you have to wait to get the surgery? Because I know sometimes it's an issue of um, swelling and all that kind of stuff. Was it just a few more days and then you were um, actually in to get that surgery? No, it was actually like three more weeks or two more weeks. Patricia knows because Patricia tours are like two days after I did. And so we kind of set it up the surgery on the same day. So I think it was like two weeks maybe because they wanted like the swelling to go down. And yeah, so those six weeks on the crutches because I couldn't like put pressure because of the meniscus. It was just the longest six weeks of my life. <laughs> and and Patricia, yours yours came shortly after, as Ari just said. And I think we only, I think I maybe only found out about yours because I I don't regularly just ask the staff who got injured, and they don't regularly tell me who gets injured. But I think maybe fans and publicly, I only realized that when you were you know out of the lineup the next game or something like that. It was it was later on. Um, was you know, so yours is less visible, less public, but I'm sure no less stressful and emotional. Talk about how yours happened and kind of that that part of your um, story as well yeah so this was um two days after the Wisconsin game we had Saturday off because it was on a Friday and then we played uh we practiced on Sunday which is like unusual but we were practicing inside at the um indoor turf and it was just in practice we were playing like full field 11 v 11 and I was just like running onto the ball or I had the ball at my feet and I was dribbling and then I went to like plant to kind of like faint one way and then it just like gave out like I just fell down to the ground and like was in excruciating pain and I just kind of laid there and like at first they kept playing like they were just like I like fell and lost the ball and they like had started going the other way but then like I guess they realized that like, I wasn't gonna get up so that's when like they stopped um and then Sarah came out and like I don't remember if I walked off the field or I'm not really sure I might have but I just remember coming off the field and then um she was like evaluating my knee and then she was she didn't or she asked me if I heard a pop and I said no because I didn't think I did and I didn't really know like what I was supposed to hear like what it sounded like right um later until you've until you've heard the sound of a ligament popping like I would have no idea what a ligament popping is supposed to sound like it's like was that a pop I don't know (laughs) yeah so then like um later I was talking like with some people and like Billings I was playing right against her and she said that like she heard it and she obviously like knows what it sounds like because she's torn her ACL so she said like she heard that but she didn't tell me that like right after obviously that would have been horrible (laughs) but um yeah Sarah was looking at my knee and she's like yeah we're gonna need to like get 
MRIs and stuff done like to see what's going on and so like when she said that I kind of like had an idea of it I mean I know she didn't want to make any assumptions so she didn't want to say like oh I think you did or I think you didn't but when she said that like she would need MRIs to like see further what was happening then in my head I kind of felt like that was probably the case and like I was crying like or I cried when it happened and then like I was crying kind of like during like the rest of that practice time um just because like pain and like shock and I was just like uncertain about the future and whatnot so that was really scary but um then or I called my parents and I got home and told them and then I got my MRI the next day um and I don't remember I think it was in the evening so oh yes it was in the evening and I got my results the next afternoon and I was in class and Sarah texted me and was like oh your results are in like do you want me to give you a phone call and I was like in the middle of class but I was like yes so I crutched out of class so like I could talk on the phone. Super sneaky just gonna just super slyly sneak out on crutches out of this classroom. Yeah so I like left class like during class for her to call me and then she told me and I mean I couldn't really like react much because I was in class but like I was definitely like I was definitely sad um and then after I and and what were what was your injury was it just the ACL or what was the extent of yours oh yeah I just tore my ACL um just the ACL and she told me that and I called my parents but like before I had surgery like we still did rehab and whatnot Mm -hmm. but even before I got the MRI like when I went in to do rehab with Ari I think like that one time Ari already knew she tore hers because she had had her MRI that weekend and so I went in and like we were doing rehab and I was doing the same like exercises as her and I was like yeah this isn't looking great (laughs) I was just like okay yeah I couldn't believe it at practice I was like oh my gosh no yeah so (laughs) then I found out and I like sent a message to the team and like a lot of people were reaching out to me um and obviously like Ari reached out to me but then it was kind of just like like basically saying that we were in it together and that like we were gonna do everything and get through it and like I don't know after that I just kind of I don't think I like really uh accepted it until like we actually had surgery at least personally (laughs) it didn't seem real until I actually had the surgery and then because like we had surgery like two weeks later and leading up to that like you almost start to get better like right we were working our way off of the crutches because you're you're gaining strength and all those things yeah Yeah. like before surgery came yeah before it came I was our I was off of my crutches at one point Mm -hmm. I go back and get the surgery and I'm back on crutches and yeah but you have that ray of you have that ray of like fake false hope where you're like well I'm actually doing better so who knows maybe I don't need surgery let's just get get wild yeah like it was weird because like I felt like I was getting better so I was like why do I have to get surgery if I'm doing just fine? But I just, I don't really, after like I found out, I didn't like cry very much just because I just wanted to like accept that it was going to happen. And like, I just felt like I didn't want to cry because it was a waste of time for me to cry. Like I, nothing, like Ari said, nothing that I can change about it and just right. getting into the right mindset of like pre- preparing to crush the process. Well, and I think I, m- I mentioned earlier the fact that it happened in like a, a pretty brutal season for the team like you know win loss wise the worst the team has ever done in the history of the program which I sort of didn't even realize until after the season but the crazy thing is talking about it being a really rough season overall for the team 
I think for folks who didn't experience it or even even for myself, when you go back and think about it, every game I really did feel like there was an opportunity to turn a corner because there were always flashes where the run of play would be good. Even if you got destroyed or like, you know, over the course of 90 minutes, the team would lose. There were always these stretches, you know, of 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, or 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there, where the run of play and the team actually combined well. And and there was moments when both of you had had moments and it was kind of like the, the squad was rotating so much. There were always these moments of hope, at least in my mind, and I think in the team's mind of, oh, maybe if this combination will work, or maybe if this combination will work. We have so many young players, maybe this week it'll click. So I mentioned it being a tough season, but that doesn't mean you weren't all hungry to be out there to sort of, you know, the next game could be the one where we start to score or, or we start to combine or all those things. So, you know, I, I, ma I made that joke about it being a brutal season, but it still always felt like there was that opportunity. And then, you know, you have to go into your recovery period and I'm sure you, you know, you mentioned once you got into surgery, then it starts to feel real. I'm sure those first few months of rehab were obviously far different than, you know, the last few months of rehab when you're in lockdown. I mean, so when you were in late fall, early winter, you mentioned, you know, um, McKenna Beisman, um, Emily Peterson, other, other recent gophers have gone through this, you know, did you, um, did you, did you talk to them? Did you lean on them in those first few months? And otherwise, you know, what were those first few months of rehab like when you were actually maybe with each other in the training room and doing some of these things together or maybe not, and then into COVID? You know, talk about those kind of that first period of, okay, well, now I have to go from square one, but, you know, first I have to get my mobility back and then I start building strength and then I do all this stuff. So walk through kind of what that first phase was and then what it was like after you had that curveball of into COVID. And I don't know, Ari, if you want to start. Oh, yeah, I can go. So... Yeah, the beginning of like our recovery process, P and I were together like all the time. It was actually so fun. <laughs> like honestly, it made it like better to be in the training room. Like, cause especially on Fridays, Fridays we were at like Beerman or at the field from like eight to sometimes like one. Like so by the time it was like the weekend, like the end of Friday, we were like, oh, we made it through the week. But it changed so much just cause I know we were so used to having Corey and Sarah and like working on all of that together. And then when all of this happened, it was just like a little bit nerve wracking thinking that, oh, we're not going to have like the trainers working with us doing the rehab on our own. And for me, like luckily right before spring break and we had the shutdown, I was able to go in one more time to train and do my rehab. So they were able to give me some like equipment and like some bands to do at home so right after that was when it all shut down and when that happened I just like those that first month especially was just like super challenging like I had to really find like motivation in myself to make time like with the rehab and at the stage we were at everything took so long what to do. yeah what was the what stage were you at when that hit mm -hmm. when the lockdown hit what things were you able to do and then what mm -hmm. things were you pushing to be able to do yeah so me and Patricia were a little bit different so she'll tell you hers but I was just like jogging in a circle like during practices I'd be just jogging like no decel stuff so right when I was coming back is like a week or two later was when I started working on that decel D cell stuff alone so that was a little bit like 
stressful because I'm like, oh, no one's watching me. So something I did was send videos to Corey to get feedback. And we did a lot of like that communication. And then for my rehab, I hadn't started like jumping. So that was like a whole new thing. So I had to do all of that during quarantine. But I was able to plan Zoom calls with Sarah on like Tuesdays and Thursdays where we would do like an hour of jumping session where I had like my computer out. I'd be outside and like she'd tell me what to do. And were you I, and were you were you back home with your folks? Where were you living then? I was home home like the entire quarantine. So and like when I go home, it's more of like a mental break. So that was like even harder. Like my workouts right. and rehab, I would do them like different times every single day because like my motivation was just like sometimes not in the morning, but I'm like, I have to do it. And a big right. part of my motivation came from like knowing that if I missed a day of rehab or a day of training, like thinking of the idea that that would hold me back. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted I to make sure that I didn't skip a day to know that I did everything I could to be back and not waste any time. Mm-hmm. Did you, what was anyone in your family deputized into like an assistant role were you were you pulling them in to like go to the field with you like a sibling or one of your parents or something oh yeah my mom spent so much time like either taking videos or coming like the thing was my mom or my sister would work out with me and I would still have like they'd be done like they'd be doing an hour and a half and they'd be done and I'm like oh my gosh I still have another half so like it was so nice having them like having someone to do it with at least like my mom came out every time whether it was driving me to the field and like just being there or at home just like just just having someone because doing it by yourself is it's hard just Mm -hmm. having no one (laughs) and Patricia I know I think you went back home too right I think you put that in your post that you were back home in in Virginia what was what was that transition like for you going from the more standard you know hanging with Ari and and Corey and Sarah in the training room to now I'm back home trying to make it work. Yeah, well, like, like Ari said, we were together all the time at the beginning. And like, at first it was, I mean, I won't say it was like weird, but like before our surgeries and stuff, like Ari and I were never like super close. Like obviously we're on the same team, we're teammates and we're friends, but like Ari and I never spent like that much time together. So like, we were really getting to know each other while also going through the like hardest thing in our life so far and it was I don't know like we found a way to like make it enjoyable like on Fridays like ours said we'd be there forever and then we would like reward ourselves by like getting in the hot tub <laughs> after all of that or like going to get lunch so um but going home after that was hard especially like at the beginning so I left um right when I left, I was going to start doing like more cutting and change of direction stuff. So like I had been doing sprinting and like decels. So I was just about to start doing the change of direction. And then um, we went home, I went home for spring break, but then I just never came back. And it was really hard because when I left, I had no idea that that was going to happen. So like, that was really hard. And so that first week, I just worked out by myself. And like, that was the way it was supposed to be because I was just going to be home for a week. So after that, um, the following week, I did the workouts by myself as well um, because they had said, like, don't come back to school, but they didn't say what the timeline was going to be. Like at that point, we were only right. supposed to be home until like April 1st. You didn't know you didn't know you were home permanently. 
yeah like we didn't know how bad things were gonna get so um but after they extended it until like the middle of april i so after like two weeks of being at home i started going to like a physical therapy place at home like i had talked to sarah about it and i was like I'm really like far away and I don't really want to like, I don't feel comfortable or confident like doing everything by myself completely. So she was able to arrange for me to do physical therapy. I just like told her about a place that I had checked out prior to this, like just when I had like minor injuries in high school and I was able to get it worked out to where I I could go there. Um, At first I went Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. I went Wednesday, Fridays for PT. And then Tuesday, Thursdays, I would run and do like some lifting stuff on my own. Mm-hmm. But that was really nice to have just being at home because the gyms and everything closed and like right. my tea place had like a full weight room in the back and like space where we were able to work on cutting and change of direction. And like, I was able to start jumping too. So it was mm-hmm. nice to have that resource, but it was definitely hard, like being away from Ari and like Sarah and Corey but I think that like we kept in contact like a lot like we talked about where we were like what was going on and that was good. Mm-hmm. Well and you know I mentioned you all mentioned Kenna before and I mentioned her again she went through about a year ago went through um, a similar thing she did not have a surgery twin like you guys had each other she was she was more by herself but how much did you lean on her and other players? I mean, you both kind of um, at least implied that you hadn't had an injury like, injury like this before. How much did you lean on, you know, not just Corey and Sarah, obviously, where anytime we talk about a injury recovery, they rightly come across as being the heroes and angels that they are. But the But otherwise, aside from leaning on them for their expertise and support, how much did you lean on, you know, teammates like Kenna or actually, I think both of you probably were around for PD as well. I mean, how much did you both um, lean on that? You can go first, PD, Anna. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, so, like, I was really young. I was, like, a younger person on the team, like, when PD got injured, and, like, I didn't really have a lot of, like, friendship, like, communication with her, but she reached out to me, like, when she heard that I had torn my ACL and, like, sent me like words of encouragement and whatnot which like meant a lot to me but I can't say that like I went to her a lot because we were never close when she was on the team like I was a freshman she was senior so like I never really got to know her that well but like I had always really admired like her journey and her story and like obviously I saw how much of a beast she was and so like seeing her journey through that like maybe know that I was going to be okay but I couldn't like rely on her more personally just because I didn't know her that well but for her to reach out to me was like very, very nice. And I appreciated that a lot. But Kenna and I are really close. Like she was my roommate you, freshman year. And you guys were you guys were the super early freshmen together. You came in that yeah. spring even before the fall. Yeah. So like we have a really good relationship and she's one of my best friends on the team. So like I definitely leaned on her a lot. More were just like questions or like, did you feel this way or like, I did this. Am I going to be okay? Like I did something stupid (laughs) or she's like, trust me, you're going to be fine. Or like just talking about like how I'm feeling throughout the process. I definitely talked to her the most, like just to see, just like to see where I was and like to see how it compared to her experience. And like, she was just able to like make me feel encouraged if I needed to feel encouraged or like help me just to know that everything was going to be okay. Or like, come visit us in the training room just to say hello because mm-hmm. people who haven't like torn the ACL can offer their like 
sympathy, but they don't know what it feels like. And like mm-hmm. Kenna knew what it felt like. So for her mm-hmm. to come in and like visit meant so much because I know that she knows what it was like to be in our position. Right, right. Ari, how about you? I have to agree. Kenna was like a huge supporter. Like I wouldn't even say I was very, very close with her like the last couple of years, but like she always checked in, like always like P said would always come in the training room and like every time we progressed and like did little things, it's just like she was always like paying attention to everything we did. And like it was it was so nice to have that because like you can see when someone cares so much and like invest time and it was easy to relate with her and go to her when like we struggled with things and I definitely went to PD. PD I was a little bit closer with too and so I kind of kept in touch a little bit where we like I don't know if I like lean on like she's the first person I go to but we've talked about a lot about the injury and like she always checks in and like I'll ask her about things too. So it's really nice to like have, we had so many teammates that like would check up on us a bunch, like Meg also tore her ACL and Mm -hmm. it was really good to have her and be able to just like, just see how much they care about us and to know that they've gone through something like that, but like they're also there for us. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, and well, Illinois everyone into a shameless plug for that giant feature we did on Emily Peterson now it feels like 10 years ago so it seems really (laughs) stupid for me to mention it but I just I think you know me doing that story is why I'm constantly so interested in these rehab stories now because I think it's just the sheer amount you know you are both being very chill about describing this process really but like the sheer amount of mental and emotional weight on you really individually and internally is is so heavy because every day is a challenge and then if you have a setback it's doubly or triply a challenge and even you two doing it together or kind of being there to support you or pd or other teammates that really only helps you get like to status quo or just above status quo because then the next setback brings you right back down so like to me as someone who's never had a serious injury like that i what really stuck out to me is just that every day is such a battle so that even when you're high, you can never really get that high, but you can always get low because every day is gonna be really hard. And so I've always really respected the process it takes to even to just get through it, let alone to get through it well, you know, let alone getting getting something positive out of it, which is, you know, what Kenna tried to do, what you what you two try to do is take a negative and turn it into a positive. So it's that that type of step for people who have not like gone through it. I think for me, that's why listening to you all is so important because it's, I can't imagine a process like that where it's hours of work every single day. Um, And I also want to get into your individual games a little bit because I think what people don't realize is all the rehab work, you know, what the way Corey describes it and Sarah describes it and folks who have gone through it is that if you do the rehab right, you really should come out of it stronger than before and maybe even better than before because now all of a sudden you're putting hours and hours and hours of intentional individual work that maybe otherwise you wouldn't have the energy and the and the drive to do because you're also doing team stuff and all of those things. So, you know, for, for, oh, and also because it really forces you to only watch, you know, you can no longer even try to prepare for a game. You only can watch and do the mental side of it. And I've always found that kind of interesting slash stressful too, to think about. So, um, 
we can start with Patricia because you started the last one too. Um, you know, Patricia, we've almost exclusively seen you play in that winger spot in the 4-3-3. So, you know, really owning that corner of the field. The way I always imagine and describe that winger spot for people is that sort of corner of the box. I always imagine you sort of getting the ball there and turning. And then you have this this attacking decision of, do I cut in and try and get in a chance on goal? Do I stretch to the end and then play a ball back? And sort of that's how I imagine a winger's responsibility. And I picture you like in that decision-making spot where you're pulling a defender out because you can be so dangerous, you know, with your first step. And you just constantly are stressing out that outside back of they're constantly thinking, where's, where's Ward? Where's Ward? Where's Ward? We have to track her because she might be dangerous. But for you, you know, how do you think the recovery will impact sort of either the way you think about the game mentally or, you know, physically any changes you've seen in your game, whether it be, um, you know, different strength you built in, in one or both legs or different core stuff you got through that recovery. How do you think it'll change your game either, you know, both mentally and physically? Yeah. Well, physically, like, I feel like I've already seen a lot of differences in like my strength and like even my speed or quickness. Like I obviously going into it, when I first have surgery and you can barely move your leg like 10 degrees, it's hard to think like I could be faster or bigger or stronger after this. But like coming back to school and like we've done a few testing things like we did like a pro agility test and like Corey sent us out our times and I looked back at my old time and my time from I think we tested two weeks ago or last, I don't think it was last week, yeah. two weeks ago. My time from two weeks ago when we tested was faster than any other time I ever had. And so, like, for me, that was really, like, a point where I was, like, this is really cool. Like, I got faster. And for I, those for yeah. those who haven't watched Patricia before, she wasn't slow then. So <laughs> <laughs> you were already very fast. You're a track star, all those things. So that's incredible. And did you do you feel faster, too? Or was it just that you saw the times and you're like, oh, I actually, you know, did you only notice after you saw the times or do you feel that burst, too? Well, since we haven't really played, like, full out, I wasn't sure, like, kind of just, like, sprint speed. Like, we haven't tested, like, the 20 or anything like that yet. We will do that soon. But just in, like, the agility stuff, I definitely felt like I was, like, getting faster out of, like, cutting and stuff like that just because we had to work on it so much. And I think that, like, I was just shocked that that was something that I was able to build more because, like, I was just thinking, like, okay, I was fast before. Like, I'm obviously probably not going to be slow, but I didn't think <laughs> – that I would like become quicker and faster. And I just thought that that was something that was really cool to see. Mm -hmm. And like, I felt that my left leg, which is the one that I had surgery on has like become stronger than my right leg. And I think that that's really cool to see too, just cause I never thought that that would be possible. Mm -hmm. um, and like from a soccer standpoint, I've just, we had to like get kind of dumbed down to like the basics at first, like coming back into things. So like starting out with juggling and like, um, passing and dribbling and I mean I for me those things are the things that like I would say were less like a part of my game like I wasn't always the most technical and having to kind of start back from the bottom up really helps me to like include those like learn how to incorporate those skills into my game more so like mm -hmm. pre prior to this I was not very good at juggling like the team juggling test that we did and now I've gotten like way better at it and I I'm able to like high pass or pass with distinction in the tests that we do. And like, I really had to work on like the technical aspect of things. And I think that that 
like helps me from a mental standpoint like as far as uh tactically in the games mm -hmm. like just watching and working on technical things it helps me be able to do more when I do get the ball and like and, even and more maybe even more confident to try those maybe you could have done things before but now you have maybe a higher confidence in your touch and all that stuff too yeah and like just to be more unpredictable because like I'm not just going to try to rely on speed like there are so mm -hmm. many more things that I'm comfortable doing now that I think that that will really help me. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing that folks don't realize, and I realized after talking to Steph, the, the head, head coach Steph Galan so many times, is I constantly throw ideas off her of like, oh, could you play this person here? Could you play this person here? You know, I'm just throwing out ideas that are based only on what I see, let alone what the coaches see every day. And I think the biggest thing is, um, one of the things I don't think about as much is that center striker position. There's been a lot of years where um, there's a lot of folks who try in there, but there's not necessarily, you know, unless it's a Simone Calander or a Sydney Squires or something, there's a lot of years where that central position is not actually sort of a, you know, 70 minute player or a 90 minute player. It's more of a fill in the, like everyone rotate through. And part of it is that, the team doesn't, you know, the coaching staff doesn't want to have giveaways in the center part of the field as much. And mm -hmm. so it's, it's that first touch you talked about of a lot of the times when I see a winger where I'm like, oh, could you try Patricia in the center? Cause then she could wreak havoc in the press or, you know, what if she uses her agility? And it's sort of like a, we'd love to put her there, you know, but we like her on the wing. And I think a lot of what people don't realize is moving from those outside to the inside positions. A lot of it is that first touch technicality that you're talking about where I've said that about Kenna too. I'm like, man, if her first touch was a little, you know, if there's like a tiny incremental improvement, imagine if she could play in the center. And like, so, so I always think about that with players like you or Kenna, like in my mind, the version of you playing there is so exciting and cool. And so it's like, oh, maybe this year, maybe we see. Um, and, you know, Ari, I think we've largely seen you in central midfield. You know, you're someone where when I, you know, when I picture your game, I think of you as a very sort of posture up, like sort of survey in the field type player. You're obviously, you know, a taller, taller player, not the grizzly physical midfielders we've seen in, in the past couple of years, but someone who's kind of surveying for that pass. Um, so for you, you know, in the, in the recovery, did you feel yourself adding some strength where you could, you know, handle like body someone up a little bit more or, you know, what parts of your game, both physically and mentally, did you think got impacted? Um, through the recovery? Yeah, I for sure feel like mentally I have grown so much, like just even seeing when we do fitness, like in the past three years, fitness is something that like mentally it gets to me sometimes. And just like these last couple of weeks, we've just, you, I've seen Patricia and we both have seen like how mentally we're like, we're standing up tall. Like we're like, you can see that we've put in the work. And so that's mm -hmm. been a huge thing. Like, you're I like, feel, you're like, Hey, I've been working every day for nine months. So <laughs> you clowns better catch up. Yeah. And like, and like, I feel it like in, like I feel in shape. I feel good about continuing to like work on that conditioning and like pushing myself more each time. And I don't know, like when it comes to soccer, like Patricia said, this was a time where we went back to like the basics and I'm, more of a technical player so I think this is like the stuff that I like to do the dribbling like the individual work and so it's just been good to like work on that and get back to where I was right before the injury so that when we're back out like I'm back where I was at and continuing to grow 
in that way. Mm -hmm. Ari well, looks great in the fitness. She looks amazing. So does he. This is great. I'm love. I'm loving this hype. I, you guys are getting me jacked up. I'm I'm psyched for the season. Every every time I talk to players or coaches, I'm like, man, I, man, I'm excited to watch some soccer again. So, you know, we've mentioned several times the team overall had had a rough year last year, but really, even at times, I mentioned the run of play looked pretty good. You both played, you know, you both played significant roles. You were above the Beisman line, our proprietary metric for when a player is a significant rotation uh, member of the rotation. Um, and the front six where you both play, you know, the three midfielders, three, three attackers is really always open for competition this year. I think it's even more wide open. You know, there's obviously players that you and I could, we could all list that would for sure be in the rotation, but I don't think anyone is penciled in at 90 minutes, you know, other than maybe, maybe Katie would like to argue with us about that, but I don't think anyone is penned in for 90 minutes. And so it's really an open competition and obviously team goals aside, I'm not going to let you answer. We want the team to be better. We all want the team to, to win and compete, but individually after you've gone through this journey and now you get to see each other on the field and see yourself on the field, you know, what are some of the individual goals you have as a player in terms of, you know, at the end of the season, what would it look like for this to have been like a really good success to kind of cap your recovery from, you know, eight, nine months of going through this process. And then now I'm finally on the field and I absolutely crushed it. You know, what does that look like for you? And uh, Patricia, why don't we start with you? Yeah. Um, I don't really know. Like, I'm not sure what to expect. I, I really don't know. Like, uh, that's so hard. I, I try not, not that I don't have goals, but like, I don't know. I just kind of want to like see what comes, but I. You don't have, you don't have a whiteboard like to the right of where the camera's facing that says like 10 goals, 10 assists. You, you don't have a whiteboard that says like all big 10 first, second or third team or something on there. You can tell us no one else is listening or watching. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, like I have, like, obviously, I want a lot of success out of it, and I want to score goals, and I want to get assists, but, like, I think most of all, like, I just want to be, like, a big impact for the team in whatever way that can be, so, like, if that means that I can emerge as a goal scorer, which is something I know that I can do, then I would love for that to be the case, but if that means, like, mm -hmm. more that I emerge as someone who, like, can assist or just, like, start plays or, like, make things happen for the team, which is, like, kind of more of how I've been in the past and like I want to work work mm -hmm. and in that role too so really just like whatever the team needs but I want to have like a big impact on it like mm -hmm. always I want to do that and if that means scoring goals then I want to be that person but like sometimes I think like last year we struggled because no one emerged as like a sole goal scorer and like that's something we've had in all years past and like mm -hmm acknowledging that it doesn't have to be like that like I can score goals and someone else can score goals or I can score score goals too or like you know we can like share the wealth and so mm -hmm. I just want to do it in whichever way that can bring out wins for the team I just mm -hmm. want to win <laughs> I as as someone who watches every minute of go for soccer I can tell you there's no there's no rule against anyone scoring goals you all can score I'd be psyched last year for context for people who who may not remember the team all season, I think this is the number, scored 10 goals. So over over like 17, 18, however many games, scored 10 goals. So it was 
it was a very dry spell for the whole team. I think, Patricia, you had two assists maybe. So you really, considering the team as a whole, you were pretty productive. I'll, I'm, since I know you both are too humble, I'll, get, I'll give a goal. I want, I think, Patricia, goals and assists combined, double digits would be a great, would be a great goal because I remember when you were a freshman, you and Kenna, I, I remember, I think the end of that season, I pictured you both on the wings, like each of you playing a wing. Or in my mind, I always daydream about Kenna playing up front because she's so strong. And I said, you both could be double-digit goal scorers. So I, I would say 10 goals, but since you said you're going to be dropping dimes too, we'll give a combined. We'll say double digits, and we'll put that on the record. That can be your goal for production. And Ari, you have to be slightly less humble than then Patricia that's our goal what's your what's your individual goal for this fall yeah my goal is honestly like kind of similar to what Patricia's saying my goal was to have a positive impact every time that I step on the field whether it's creating up creating chances by setting my my teammates up or on the other side the defense side like winning the ball back or doing whatever I can to like prevent the other team from scoring a goal do you and Ari, I guess for you, for, you know, for folks who don't follow kind of the midfield dynamics in the team, I, I am constantly overly obsessed with like how the three, how the three midfielders are interacting. And, you know, there's not really a true like um, super uh, physical holding natural midfielder on, on the roster. Really, maybe Lauren Roberts is kind of that type of player. Um, but really, a lot of the midfielders, I think, are more of a box to box and some of them might kind of be forced to play back you to me seem my understanding of your game is that you feel more like the eight you know if the midfield has a six and eight and a ten mm -hmm. you to me feel like someone who would maybe be more like a ten but could mm -hmm. play play the eight or the ten do yeah. you have a sense in your mind of kind of how you want to fit into that group of three you know you as midfielders do you think like that do you think like oh if I can get more minutes, if I'm playing more box to box or, oh, I'd love to play more in the attacking third, but I really have to try and work on my defense because if mm -hmm. I can't work in the press, I'm not going to get minutes. Like for you, do you think about which, which role in that three-person midfield you either you're best suited for or that you want to play? Because I know those are, you know, mm -hmm. those can be two different things. Yeah. So I've always kind of been more of that attacking kind of mid. Like that's been like something – I'd say I'm more of a, an attacking player, but where I'm at and like looking back at this last season, I think I've grown like defensively so much more. And so I feel confident being in that defensive position. Like if I do go up, then we just, it's communication, like switching around. It's not like you're stuck back there. Mm -hmm. So right now, just any center mid position is good enough like you you're everywhere on the field yeah the defensive maybe is a little bit more in the behind but you can still mm -hmm. go up and move around I yeah well and I think I think that combination play like you know that combination play is also what will earn you all minutes like the mm -hmm. that was that sometimes existed last year but I think where the midfielder can really like you can really get to the corner and have kind of a two woman game with Patricia and there can be like give and go and overlaps where you're really confusing and stretching the D that that'll be great. So Ari, I'm going to, I'm going to also have to get specific for you. I'll say, I, th I think at least five combined goals and assists. I think that's your, that's what you aim for, but also for you because you do a lot of passing where you're not actually in the final third. So we'll say five total goals and assists. 
but I have a secondary individual goal for you, and that would be at least a couple yellow cards where you just bash somebody. So I'm gonna like shoulder just just in like sh shoulder into a defender, or where you just like take someone out where you just get physical. So I need you need to work on that your bash brother mentality of just forearms, shoulders. Have have you both? Did you um? Did you keep track of like strength? Like, did you have to do a lot of lifting during this process? Did you actually like gain muscle? Do you think like, did you track that in terms of either weight gain that you assume is muscle or any of that stuff? Like, do you feel like you're stronger after Ari, after doing that kind of work on your legs and your, your kind of like lower half? Um, yeah. So I didn't have access to a lot of weights. I had 35 pounds. So that's kind of what I work with this whole quarantine mm -hmm. so I think during that time I wouldn't say I would have like got as strong as I would have if I was here but mm -hmm. I was still able to work with the equipment that I had at home mm -hmm. there's a little bit of weight so 30, 35 is plenty of weight to put on <laughs> some shoulder mass I, I, I trust you to get big so <laughs> the so you both are too humble as every gopher soccer player always is when I when I talk <laughs> to them so that fits the that fits the mold um I think the other thing, even though you all only had that short spring season, um, I'm assuming on your group calls and maybe you guys were texting each other once in a while, you'd see individual videos of other players. Um, I saw even less of spring than I usually do. And I, as you know, I rarely see spring even in a normal year other than a few scrimmages here or there. But that means the fans also saw even way less, you know, because I didn't, I didn't have a spring game to tweet. I didn't have stuff to to watch, to hear about little rumblings of, you know, like last year, everyone was murmuring about how good Marissa was looking and then she's this stud, you know, defender and it's like, oh, that's where it came from. But did you, you know, I want you to give a chance, I'm going to give you a chance to be, you can brag about other people. I'm assuming you both are capable of doing that because you won't brag about yourselves. Who are a few players that you saw not only putting in work to get better, but also that you think really like showed a jump in their ability on the field or who you think might make a big impact uh, next fall um, compared to what they did before? I gotta say it's hard to say a lot because we were training a lot like on our own during mm -hmm. the spring and would watch like the last like 10-15 minutes mm -hmm. but like I don't know for me I just saw like right after our fall season yeah we had not a good season. I feel like mm -hmm. there was a flip of the switch, like as a collective whole, like where you could just see everyone like fire up and like the practices were so different. And if you ask like Becky or anyone, just there was a different energy in the spring. But like, I don't know if I like specifically can say like who I thought stood out, stood out because I didn't see a lot. Mm -hmm. I just thought it, like as a collective, we you could tell that everyone was challenging each other and training sessions were competitive like there were just days like attackers versus defenders and you could like feel it from the sidelines mm -hmm. yeah honestly i have to agree like we just didn't get to watch very much and like okay, okay. i'll give you guys a pass because you were in your little side field doing your jogging i'll i'll give you a pass oh yeah but i mean um, I, if I had to give a shout out to someone, I'll give a shout out to our fellow ACL buddy, Kenna, just because 
we she she got cleared right after season and we only had a couple of practices but I think like once we got back she was really excited obviously to get back into things and like mm-hmm. we just saw her going into tackles like playing super hard and like I she stood out to me being back mm-hmm. on the field because she's such a physical presence and like it was really exciting to see her we didn't get to watch much like you said but like mm-hmm. I thought that it was like obvious that she was back on the field and like she rose the level but I agree with Ari that like everyone as a collective decided that like this spring was going to lead up to what happened this fall before COVID even happened and no one knew and like the team as a whole wanted to make sure that that changed and that like the dynamic changed and the intensity and like sometimes we were a lot more serious at practice than we're used to being but like everyone collectively like wanted to see a difference and we didn't want ever to repeat what happened. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, you know, it's funny, you mentioned kind of all three of you really, I think have a chance you were already rotation players. And all three of you, even if you have, you know, the types of improvement we talked about that you had individually, it really could end up being all three of you come come back. And that really is a big burst to have all three of you come back into the into the front six and all of that. I, you know, I'm super curious to see the team. I think uh, maybe early in the spring, uh, Kez was getting some. I remember talking to the coaches and they said she was doing a good job. Um, I think, you know, it, it's going to be great to get back out there. You know, for folks who haven't been following, it's going to be only conference games. So we're not quite sure what that's going to look like yet. So maybe 10 or 12 games instead of, you know, 16 or 18 games. So I don't know if that means you're spread out and you don't have to play two games a weekend anymore, or if it just means you don't have games until conference, which I think would be a waste of stretching out those games. Um, But as soon as we're back on the field, we're really excited to see you both. Uh, You both have been through you know, an incredibly long recovery period. And then you were also willing to put up with an hour of, of chatting with us about it. So uh, I appreciate it. Patricia Ward and Ariana Del Moral, uh, both coming back for the Gophers this fall after ACL injuries, both going to be strong, scoring goals and assists, and also fouling people when necessary. Ari, uh, we look forward to that. Thanks so much for coming on, you guys. Thank you for having us.